Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Hello. Welcome to episode 212 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's mom. So if you are watching on Facebook on the Grief Guide page or the Always Andy's Mom page or YouTube, you know that this is a live stream. If you are listening, that means you maybe missed the live stream and you are going to be listening to this just as a regular podcast that will be released couple of days from now. So I'm going to take this opportunity because when and I know what the next one is and when the next one is. So I'm going to announce it right now. So our next one is the week of Thanksgiving here in the United States. And it's the Tuesday before that. So we will be do- doing the live stream on Tuesday, November 21st, again at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. So take a second, jot that down on your calendars and know that that's coming. We are going to, with that one, give you some prompts, and we maybe give you a couple of them at the end of this episode today, some prompts, because we want people to write in to some answers to some of these statements that we're going to give. Gwen came up with a bunch of good ones, um, so that we can just have kind of discussion, and it will be around thankfulness and gratefulness and just some other things related to the family. But for now, I am so excited for this topic. <laughs> In fact, Gwen's sort of been laughing at me over the last week <laughs> because I am so excited for this live stream. And she said that you're putting a lot of pressure on this. Yeah. Live stream, and I sort of am. I so, hope it meets your expectations. I know, mm-hmm. I know, because my expectations are super high. Mm-hmm. So talking about today is vulnerability and grief and being vulnerable in your grief. And I just cannot tell you enough how much you can be blessed if you are open to being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Blessed. And sometimes we take a risk and we could be wounded. So I want to be, you know, sure. maybe I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but I do believe the blessings come <laughs> and we'll talk about that. But when we take that vulnerability risk, with the wrong people or the wrong situation, it, it can have wounding. But I do believe that the blessings are there too. Right, right. And mm-hmm. and I agree with you 100%. I've talked about different things, right, where I've opened up to people where, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done it and I regret doing it. I was just yeah. a few weeks ago. Remember me talking about being in yes. golf league and, <clears throat> and you know, the fact that I had told the lady the year before that my son had died and she clearly didn't remember and kept asking me about my family. And then finally I get pressured into saying again that my son is dead. And then she goes, oh, yeah, that's right. And then like, didn't he, no, I'm sorry. No, yeah. nothing. Like, I'm just so over you. You don't deserve this. So right. that was my deciding, nope, this is not the place to be vulnerable. But I think it, in the right situation, it can really be a blessing. Oh. Yes. I, I've had so many neat conversations surrounding this, um, today and you, or, you know, in the last few days, but you put out a definition of vulnerability, but I found one I'd like to read. And it's interesting because it comes from Oprah Winfrey. Um, okay. and she said, um, vulnerability is being willing to express the truth, no matter what the truth of the truth of who you are, the essence at your core of what you're feeling at any given moment. It's being able to open up your soul so that others can see their soul in yours. Wow. That's really beautiful. I did like that a lot. Yeah, Um, I do too. I do too. Yeah. Because one of my... I want to start out by telling just an amazing story that just happened in the last month. It was just a month ago. 
So all of you know that I have, I think most of you know that I do a support group through Starlight Ministries and it's all a virtual support group. It's all bereaved moms. And, you know, we've gotten quite close over, and I've got another story about that same group that I'll tell later on, but, and many of them, not all of them, probably not even half now, to be honest, have been guests on the show in the past. So there's one guest who has been on, her name is Archie, and she was on with her daughter, actually, as well, talking about her son, uh, Garrett. And it, and Archie has become a very close friend. So Archie and I did the episode together with her daughter. Then she joined the support group and has been a member of the support group for really almost two years. And I have met with Archie one other time when our group met in Ohio, and over the summer, the group was sort of meeting just kind of informally every other week on Zoom. And she had mentioned that there was a family wedding in Michigan. Now, what's funny about it is that she was back and forth really on whether she was brave enough to go. Yeah, to make herself vulnerable, to risk it. Because it is. It's making yourself mm-hmm. vulnerable. And she didn't know whether she really wanted to go. Her son, Garrett, had been so excited to see his cousin start to get married. He was just going to law school when he died. And so there were a lot of discussions about, oh, when the cousins all start getting married, it's going to be so fun. We're going to have all these weddings. And so this idea of going to this wedding without Garrett, the first one of the cousins, mm-hmm. was really scary. And they went kind of back and forth. And it's a long trip to go because they're from New Jersey and they Mm -hmm. had to to come to Michigan. So most of the summer we were kind of asking where the wedding was. And she said, Oh, my sister-in-law lives in the East side of the state. And that's the opposite from where I live. So, and I was on call, it was Labor Day weekend. And I knew I was on call that weekend. And I thought, well, that's not going to work out. I'm not going to be able to drive all the way across Michigan to see her. Uh, But I thought maybe some of the people that are a little bit closer might, I I don't know. And it got to the week before the wedding and we were talking again and one of the other women in the group said, Archie, where are you flying into? Are you flying into Detroit? And she said, no, I'm flying into Grand Rapids. And I said, Archie, honey, that's where I live. I, my son goes to school at the airport. I, because my son's in the Aviation Academy, which is at the airport. I drive to the airport virtually every day, or at least someone from my airport or from my family drives to the airport every day. And she's telling me that she's flying in. I'm like, Peter has robotics practice exactly when you're flying in. I said, let me come see you. I'm going to come see you. And she was like, oh, that'll be a lot of bother for you to come to the airport. Because she's thinking, I think, of big New Jersey, New York airports as being super busy. And Grand Rapids, Michigan Airport is not. It is like easy. It is small. Mm -hmm. I told her. As soon as you land, as soon as the wheels touch ground, you have to call me to let me know. Because it takes me 14 minutes to get there. Clearly, I know exactly how many minutes it takes Uh me to get there. And if you call when you're touching down, then I'll get there maybe when you're getting, when you've gotten your luggage. Well, of course, she did not believe me that it would be that that quick. So Uh she went to the bathroom first. and, And then I got there like way too late. But back to the story a little is that. She had said to her husband as they were traveling, I'm so glad that Marcy's going to be there the first thing I see when I get off that plane because I'm so nervous about going to this wedding mm-hmm. and to know that she's going to be able to be there is such a comfort. And so obviously I got there. I got there a little bit later because they already had their luggage and they were waiting at the car. And so we met in the high school parking lot where Peter was doing his robotics practice, her family got to meet my Peter. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to take her with me. And so the the rest of the family went off to the hotel. Her husband and her nephew went off to the hotel. And then we went first to the cemetery. So I got to show her where Andy was buried. And then we went to my house. We went to this room, Andy's room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had a lovely time with her and it was just really beautiful and it we were there together maybe an hour and a half or so and um I said okay well I'll take you down to your hotel and so she kind of talked to her husband and said well they're gonna have pizza across the street from the hotel 
um, maybe we can all have pizza. So uh, Eric has decided to come with us and he drove down separately and I'm starting to look for a place to park the car and I can't find a place to park. And then I remember, oh, you know, the church, St. Andrew's Cathedral, where Andy sang virtually all of his concerts, mm -hmm. my voice sang all of his concerts at St. Andrew's, which was always a cool name anyway, because of my Andrew. Right. So I said, their parking lot is close. And even though it's labeled like for the cathedral only, like I will be fine. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm practically a member there for as much time as we spent there. So, um, and that's only a couple blocks away. And we get there and we realize then, because she said, you know, the church is within walking distance of the hotel. I wonder if this is the church. And sure enough, it <gasps> was the church. Oh, wow. Wow. Was that the church? They were having their rehearsal right then. So her family was in the church having the rehearsal. And it just hit me like, oh, my word. Here, this woman is from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. She has this random wedding going to in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And it's at the church where Andy sang mm -hmm. all of his concerts. I just thought, wow, that is just really was orchestrated, wasn't it? Right. You know, and what a blessing that was that she allowed herself to be vulnerable to go to that concert because look at what happened, you know, mm -hmm. and she said she she texted me when she was at the wedding the next day and the organ was playing and then the piano was playing. And she said, Mercy, I can almost hear him. Mm -hmm. Like she felt like she could hear Andy. And if you listen, you know, at the end of every episode that I do, if you listen all the way to the end, you hear Andy singing and that's mm -hmm. Andy singing in that cathedral to that organ that she was listening to. And I said to her, I was like, I just keep imagining Garrett and Andy watching this wedding together and Garrett pointing out all of the members of his family and Andy pointing out every little nook and cranny of that church that he yeah. knew so, so well, you know, it just was such a beautiful moment. And I just thought how everything just led to that mm -hmm. with her going back, you know, how many years ago now that she started listening to the podcast, if the only reason she started listening to the podcast was that so she could make this wedding a little bit easier, yeah, it was worth it. It. And mm -hmm. she had a hundred other blessings that have come, I think, just in the group that we've been in and the other amazing women that she's gotten to know. But if just for the wedding, it would have been enough. Right. 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 Oh, that's just amazing. Of all the churches, of all the places, of everything, it was just meant that the two of you walk through that together. I yeah. Think. And it was yeah. meant that I couldn't find a place to park because right. had I found a place to park, I don't know that I would have mentioned that's Andy's church. I mean, right. the thing is, is I needed to be able to say to her, that's Andy's church, or she would have never known. She still mm -hmm. wouldn't have known, except that I couldn't find a place to park. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Perfectly. Well, I have two stories. Um, but one's with an airport and one's with a wedding. So you both mentioned both an airport and a wedding in yours. I so, did. I did. Um, I think I'll go with the wedding one first and say, okay. The and I've got one. another airport story. So there we okay. go. Okay. All right. So we're kind of have a theme here. And <laughs> we do we, kind of have a theme. And we did ask people's permission because you and I know their story so intimately. Oh, and yeah. um, I, especially in my, professional role have to really guard that. And um, so I did garnish their permission um, to, to share these stories. And, and obviously I did too. Right. You know yes. So one particular listener that um, I'm familiar with had gone to, or was invited to a wedding in summer of 2022. Um, but because at the shower, her emotions were overwhelming her, you know, ha not having her, child there or go through these experiences like you know you just mentioned an Archie story that she'll never do those things with Garrett and Garrett won't be there this woman felt the same way at the shower um had you know 
an emotional kind of release and outburst. Well, that made the bride upset and she uninvited this person to her wedding. So she didn't get to go to the wedding. So that was summer of 2022. Fast forward to 2023, there's another family wedding of another niece in the family. And so she first said to me, I'm not going. And I say, I understand that, you know, that's got to be hard because you feel those judgments. And I think when we talk about vulnerability and risking the fact that you're going to have maybe an emotional response or you're not going to have the joyful response that maybe is expected of you at those times, you know, how dare you be downtrodden at my child's wedding just because your child isn't here, you know, even though that sounds really absurd for me personally to say out loud, it's not absurd because some of you have heard those things from family, yes. right? Yes. So um, she wasn't going to go. and But then she decided um, to risk it and to go yeah. and risk the going and the judgments. Um, she had a couple of goals. Her number one goal was to avoid triggers. So when things got mm-hmm. to be too much or she knew she was triggered, she had... Um, you know, an escape or just kind of breathe yeah. through that or whatever her, her um, avoidance thing was. I think it was to walk away. Um, she realized that nothing was really resolved with the family because sometimes when we decide to risk things, we risk it only when we know that it's going to be okay. But she didn't know if things were resolved. But anyway, no. she said, but she chose not to be angry. Um, and, you know, the seating made her vulnerable because she was yeah. sitting with some people who knew about the last unin- uninviting. So yeah. everything about the whole day was really, really vulnerable. But, you know, she said a few things that I just think our listeners could really, really glean from is she said she chose not to be hurt by them. She said part of her, she said they didn't know what they were doing. Like, um, but she's glad she took the risk. She said, she's glad she had the tools And I love that because I know this particular person has done just a lot of work and developing tools and and having herself prepared for these things. So she said, I took the risk. I had the tools and I had an escape knowing that she didn't have to stay all night, that she didn't have to put herself in this spot forever. But she knew she wanted to go for this family. And um, the blessing that she got is that um, during the watching the mother and the her son dance, she cried because she won't do that with her son. Right. And so um, she said it was very emotional. And she said um, she learned a lot about her vulnerability, but what she did was she um, asked her other son to dance with her the next dance. And she said, just allowed herself to like experience that maybe that was her other son. Like I'm, we're dancing for you and Mm -hmm. I'm never going to do this with you. But, um, she said she feels stronger. Um, and she did set the other piece that she did tell me that I didn't mention is the boundaries that she had set in her vulnerability and going um, was that she didn't feel she could hug, like lean mm-hmm. into hugging them. But she said, I gave them the warm handshake with hands on both sides. That's a really good boundary. Yeah. That took a lot of work to do that. And so I just think that um, hearing her say that she, learned a lot in her vulnerability. And then she said, I am so much stronger now. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that about the hugs too, because I feel like for me, hugs are different now mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. they were before Andy's death. Right. Really. I feel like they just mean more. So I am more, I, I, I don't know. I don't give out hugs lightly. Right. And that's why it kind of bothers me at some events like that where everyone's just hugging each other and mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Those superficial hugs bother me a ton. So yeah. I think that's probably that too, because at a wedding, everyone's hugging everyone. And do you really mean it mm-hmm. like that? Maybe yeah. not. So I oh, like that you mentioned that. Yes. And one of the other things about her story is that it's been five years for her too. So mirroring mm-hmm. that, you know, to your story, when we just in August had the five year yeah. for you, she said she felt the judgments were even going to be there because it had been five years. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the other part about making yourself vulnerable is that you're going on the world's time frame of where they might think you should be at the five year mark. 
Yeah. 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 But yeah. So I just thought that was a beautiful story to risk it, um, setting her boundaries, having her tools, having an escape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I was looking at, I, I'm taking a tiny little pause here because I don't know that we are streaming on grief guide because it says it wasn't attached. So I tried to do that oh. again, but maybe it is now. Maybe it is. Yeah, I think maybe it is now. Well, okay. So I would love for people to start writing in some of their comments about maybe times that they've been vulnerable and whether it's good or bad. So Karen just wrote in here. Mm -hmm. I love Oprah's definition of vulnerability, but the reality is that most people work very hard to keep their deepest vulnerability a secret. For us, we are defined by our greatest vulnerability. People can see right through us. 100%. Very, very true. Very, very true. So many other I, things in life we can just kind of keep, you know, like I can hide this, but we can't hide the grief of our, you know. You know, it's that's so interesting because I just saw a teenage girl this week and um, she was, I just recommended that she see a therapist and she had seen the therapist one time and apparently she sat there for uh, 42 minutes and didn't say a word. So that was not good, obviously. Neither one of them said a word, which I think is really kind of weird that the therapist didn't say anything. But mm -hmm. we talked about being open and trying to be vulnerable when you're seeing your therapist. And she said, what do you think about me just doing a virtual one? And I said, honey, I've known you a really long time. And I have a feeling if you do this virtually, you're going to be able to fake it really good for a whole hour and not really tell her anything. And what's funny is the girl gets a little smirk on her face and she grins. And I said, I'm right, aren't I? And she goes, yeah, you're right. Because that's what she was thinking she could do. She's like, right. I, I, in her mind, she thought, if she just lets me do this online, I can totally fake it up on a computer screen for an hour. But mm -hmm. being in person with someone, that's going to be harder to do. It's going to be harder to really look somebody in the eye and sit in a space with them and hide that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But I think I think she's right that. But if you look at the quote that I put up yesterday, I put it on Instagram and Facebook mm -hmm. and I put a quote about being vulnerable is really being brave. I mean, it's, you have to be brave to be vulnerable, to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You do. So I, I think it's a brave and it's a wonderful thing. It is. Mm -hmm. um, and I use this um, in support group. It's a line from a poem and the rest of the poem I didn't really care for. But the one line says that I would um, be brave enough and risk letting others know who I really am. And, yeah. and that's the piece, like to be seen as all of us, not just our put together selves. And it's, you know, um, so interesting because um, as people of faith, sometimes I think our temptation is to not show someone the ugly, darker sides of us or things that we might yep. perceive as. But um, Jesus didn't do that. He modeled what it was like to be vulnerable right? And to, you know, and his friends fell asleep and, and just that, you know, crying out and how sorrowful he was. I, um, it's, it's a part of relationships when we're in relationships with people, um, in, in deep relationships, we sometimes have to take that risk. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll talk about the blessing. Cause I have a few stories that were shared with me about the blessings that come. Well, and I have another story that I wanted to share too, again, about this support group that I do through Starlight. And so I've been doing this for two years now. And just for any of you that might want to become involved, uh, it is Christian based. So it's a faith based um, curriculum, unlike what I do here, which I certainly talk about my faith, but it's not a hundred percent faith based and we have people of different faiths in there. So that's a little bit different, but if you would be interested in joining this group, you can go to starlightmin.org and um, click on being, being contacted and they can talk to you about being involved in the next group. The next group starts, uh, I think Tuesday, 
November 14th, actually. So, and that one's just a four week session. Um, so anyway, if you want to do that, those are great, great sessions and you can get to know some pretty amazing people. So that being said, some of my guests that I've had on, not all of them, certainly, but a few I've even asked because it seems like, man, they might really benefit from being in this group. Mm-hmm. So one of those people was Jam. Jam is Taylor's mom. And Taylor's mom was on the podcast. And I had said, I think maybe you might be a good fit for the support group if you'd like to go. And so she did. She signed up to go and she was in our support group. And she joined a little later than some of the other women who we'd been with for about a year and a half. So she had been in a couple, two or three sessions. And um, we had decided that we're going to get together. And so a lot of us had known each other a year and a half. Some of us, I'd, I'd, some people I'd met in person, but many I had not. And we planned this trip to Ohio where we were all going to go to Ohio. And Jam signed up to go on this trip. But at the kind of at the last minute, she's sort of thinking, what did I, what am I doing? I don't know these women really. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen them a few times on Tuesday nights on a computer screen, but now I'm going to go on and spend three or four days with them. This is kind of crazy. She's coming from Texas to Ohio and her friend is giving her a ride to the airport and she's really having some second thoughts and she's like praying, like, I don't, I don't know. And her friend is saying, Jam, if this doesn't work out, I will come back, pick you up. I will drive to Ohio if I need to drive to Ohio to go get you if this does not work out. And she came and within, I mean, by the next day for sure, she was talking about what a blessing it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, later she wrote how, you know, we're now some of her very best friends and that weekend, what that weekend of opening yourself up to being vulnerable and being with these strangers in this crazy space, Mm -hmm. what that could really do for your soul. And so even though it was super scary to do Mm -hmm. for all of us to do, I'm using her as an example only because she talked about how terrified she was. I think we're all a little bit terrified. Um, and she gave me permission again to say this, but it ended up being just an amazing, wonderful blessing by opening yourself to being, being vulnerable. So mm-hmm. you can sometimes just get, it made, it just can be amazing. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of my story from last summer. I, um, last summer I went to a writers and speakers conference in Grand Rapids and people come from all over the country to, this conference. And so I, again, you know, this was not grief related, but that whole thing of what have I got myself into? Is it going to be worth the money? What is, you know, am I going to know anyone there? Am I going to be all by myself for a few days? Um, But there was tables of, I think, eight to 10. And the very first, you know, conversation I had at the table, um, our table just kind of blended. And we were people from all over. There were two women from Ohio, a woman from Texas, Um, a couple of us from Michigan and a woman from Wichita, Kansas, and her name was Anne. And throughout the time we had meals together, we, you know, were in worship together and just kind of talking about our professions or why we were here. And with Anne, she was a photographer. um, And she said, I'm here because my neighbor asked me to come um, or someone she knows. And she said, I just don't know what's what I, what I'm supposed to be here for. I, I really don't. And that hasn't been revealed to me yet. So um, the end of two and a half days together and we're leaving um, and she's waiting for an Uber and she has a little apprehension about the Uber. And I can't remember what was going on. And I said, I'll drive you to the airport and yeah. the Grand Rapids airport. You I were mean, talking nearly about. out of the way. Right. right exactly. And, um, and it's we read, super easy to drop somebody. Yeah, off as we we read Calvin College. We scooted down the belt line. It was super easy. So she, you know, I said, grab your bags and throw them in my car. Let's go. And so, you know, she um, puts him in my car. And um, and again, I'm not there at this conference in a, in a professional like grief counselor setting. I was there as a speaker and writer and just kind of getting that information. So she didn't know a whole lot about me either. So we got in the car and the first thing she said to me is, so why were you here? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, 
to be honest, I said, um, and I just kind of started telling her, I said, I'm a grief counselor and this is what I do. And I've been, you know, writing a book with someone and, you know, just, and she let me talk and let me talk and let me talk. And she asked a few questions about grief and asked some more questions about grief. And then I get on fire when I talk about grief and how, you know, the church doesn't do it right sometimes and how we need to equip people to walk beside bereaved people and just sharing my passion. Right. And when we got maybe a mile from the airport, um, I said, well, you've asked a lot. And she said, I can't believe this. I, I cannot believe this. She said, um, my son, Josh died two years ago. And she said, I came to this conference and talk about vulnerability. She just said, Lord, I don't know why I'm going. This neighbor asked me to go. I don't know what you're going to do. And not that she was putting God to the test, but she almost was at that point, like, I need something. Yeah. I, I need something. And when we got to the airport, we took a picture of the two of us. Oh, I should post it. I should find it and post it. Um, and I said, I'm going to take a picture of this moment because God loves you so much that he had me of all the people in that whole conference drive yeah. you to the airport to say, I'm here and I hear your pain. And even though all this other stuff and, and then the relationship, like you just talked about with you and Jam and those other ladies and people who risk going to a group, the relationship yeah. that you get out of that. No, I don't want to blow up my relationship mm -hmm. with Anne and say, oh, I, I help her all the time. And every day, that's not the case. But I have helped and we have had a connection. And she said, I just can't believe, like, God loved her so much that that's what happened. And she risked, and at yeah. the very, very end, and she said, he had a grief counselor drive me to the airport because she said all that time she didn't talk about her grief, but that's really what was on her heart and really what she was trying to figure out. So it was just super, super awesome. Yeah. And her vulnerability and just. Um, it is. That's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I think the most beautiful part is when I called to ask her if I could share it is what happened next. She said, yeah, wow. That's really funny, Gwen, that you would ask of all days. She said yesterday. So I asked her this morning. Yesterday in my mm -hmm. um, Sunday school class, she said, we talked about vulnerability. And she said, you know what? She said, it's really. really? Yeah. She said, it's really up for debate what we're going to get. And she's the one who said we can get wounded or blessed. Then she shared what happened in her Sunday school class yesterday. That. People yeah. were talking about times that they were vulnerable with God or asked God for something. And she said, Gwen, all their answers were so sweet. So true. They were true. I'm not saying they weren't true. They were, they were truths yeah. of, but she said they were all like sticky sweet. <laughs> she said hers isn't sticky sweet. She had recently oh, yeah. prayed for someone to live. No. Who died. No, not right? sticky sweet at all. Yeah. Um, and this is a story separate from yeah. her son, but she was also praying for someone yeah. else to live and that person died. So she thought, I'm going to take a risk. And she took a leap and she just said, I'm going to take a risk and be vulnerable here. Uh -huh. It's it's not sweet. It's, you know, and kind of shared some of those things. And she said she had to reconcile that it was okay that hers weren't sweet or that she was sharing that side. But the other thing is she said she took the leap to be the one to do it. But when uh -huh. she did, so many other people shared and connected to the pain. And don't you find that so much? And some of you listeners know this is yeah. we can share our blessings with people and they go, Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. So great. That's wonderful. That's awesome. But when we share pain and we connect on that level, yeah. she said it was just a beautiful thing that happened. So I just thought, right. you know, it's the second time how God just orchestrated it for the two of us to connect. And we had such a mm -hmm. sweet conversation this morning. Well, and you're right in that the stories, yeah, I the sugary sweet ones can be really hard. Like, I feel like my story with Archie is like amazing and awesome and wonderful. But when it comes down to it, we were talking about our dead sons hanging out together. 
That's right. not exactly cool, right? No. What no. did we spend our time doing? We went to the cemetery and to mm-hmm. my child who's been got to his bedroom. You know, mm-hmm. that is, is, um, yeah, I mean, they're, it's not like a happy story, but it is a story of being cared for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. And Anne just said she's listening now, beautifully said, but she'll have to go back and listen to the other parts of the story when we, you know, um, post it yeah. on Thursday. But um, mm-hmm. thank you for allowing me to share that. But just that risk and, and you know, like the setting. So we were talking about the setting of a wedding or the setting of a Sunday school class or the setting where um, we have to risk to be vulnerable, even though you might think that a family wedding would be a safe place or your Sunday school class, it still is a very, it can be a very scary place. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember talking to a mom that had gone to a family wedding and this was very shortly after her child had died. And it was a little bit of controversy in the family. Her husband wanted to go. The kids wanted to go. She didn't want to go. But they went because she was sort of outnumbered. And the beautiful thing about this is that it was at a family member's house. And so what she ended up doing is she stayed inside. Uh And she sort of looked out the window where she could see and not hear and also not be seen. So uh-huh. she was there. It allowed her family to be there. It allowed people to partake, but it didn't put too much on herself. So, you know, that's allowing uh-huh. some vulnerability for sure that she went because she should have, could have just sent her whole family and said, just you guys go. I'm not going. Right. Yeah. But she did open herself up to go, but not to the point where it would have been too much for her mm-hmm. or she mm-hmm. i think the fear was again like your friend um that maybe she could end up being disruptive to the rest of the festivities right. which you don't want to be have to do for sure right yes yeah and and sometimes our grief does do that it does disrupt it is chaos it does catch us mm-hmm. unaware it does become something that we aren't even i we're not in control of like you've had those emotional outbursts or those waves of grief where you're just in a place and you can't get out fast enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Just like, Oh, I can't be here. It's not, I'm not ready or I'm not safe enough. And that is the risk that we take. Um, Well, and I'm going to tell you a little story from just a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know if any of you have heard of the game Mahjong. Have you heard of Mahjong? Mm -hmm, I have. Yes. Okay. So I started playing Mahjong with these group of women. I got invited to start last month. And so I went to Mahjong. And of course, what happens is with any group of women, what do they do? They ask me about my kids, right? They all ask me about my kids. And I have gotten to the point where when I don't want to share and I don't feel comfortable sharing, I, this is my comment this year, because this works well for me this year, I say, you know, my baby's a senior now. I can't believe he's a senior. Okay. Um, Because totally, I'm not talking about the rest of them. I'm not talking about Andy who died. My daughter's having a lot of mental health struggles right now that I don't want to go into with people who don't, who I don't uh know. I just go with my baby's a senior. I can't believe it. And then they usually, then they'll follow up on that. Like, oh, they grow up too fast and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then it takes it down a different road. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally down a different road. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to finish. Well, we get to the end of this, this, um, you know, the game. And there are a group of four or five of us still there kind of at the end. And the other four all belong to the same church, which I don't belong to. And they're talking about the church. And what's crazy is that I had just gotten a phone call because I, you know, any of my regular listeners know that we were supposed to have the Andy Larson Memorial Concert way back in March of 2020. And everybody knows what happened in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. The pandemic hit and it was canceled. And then it was supposed to be rescheduled for the St. John's Choir to come. And then crazy enough, we sort of ended up being canceled again because the Queen died and the director ended up moving to Westminster Abbey and had to play on the King's coronation. So crazy thing that two times it's been canceled. So I had just gotten confirmation that very morning 
that the Andy Larson Memorial Concert is happening. And it is happening actually on Tuesday, December 5th. And it's it's amazing singer that's going to be doing it. It's not the St. John's Choir. It's this just amazing soloist. Um, his name is Will Liverman. He sang at the U.S. Open recently. He sang America the Beautiful. He has the most amazing opera voice ever. Uh, it's a cool story how, how we got him, actually, which I guess we have time. I can go into it now. So um, my, the choir director was just listening, just heard him singing on a YouTube video. And so he took the YouTube video to the choir rehearsal that night, and he said to the men and boys, I want you to listen to this man sing because in my mind, this is perfection. This is what we should all strive for to sing like him. And so he played that song and we get to the, they get to the end of rehearsal. And one of the men comes up to him at the end and he said, you know, I know Will Liverman. I went to Wheaton with him. I was in choir with him for four years. And Scott said, do you think we could get him to do the Andy Larson Memorial Concert. And he said, well, I can sure call him and try. Because, of course, he's still in contact with him. He's got his phone number. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did. They He contacted him, and we got a hold of his agent. And interestingly enough, there he has this five-day gap in his schedule from when he's singing at the Met Opera to when he's going to do some other thing. He had this little thing. And so he's going to do our little memorial concert. But the crazy thing is, is the location that they've decided on was that church for those women. Wow. And so then when that group is smaller, then I decide, okay, I think I can tell them. Because I hadn't told them before, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't know. Mm -hmm. And because I felt like of today, of all days, to have it be, you know, that's the day that I find out about it. And I find out that they all go to that church okay, I'm going to open myself up to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And oh, and then it was such a blessing. And now I know that they're going to be able to kind of help with food and with all of this stuff. Like I've got this whole little group of women that's like all jumping up and down to help make this concert a reality because they all obviously teared up when I told them the story. Mm-hmm. They sort of had kind of some of them had sort of remembered uh, just hearing about it in the past. But again, it, I had to be ready to do that, right? So I didn't right. do it right away. But mm-hmm. once that opportunity came, like, I think this is the time to be open and vulnerable, then mm-hmm. it was worth it. And then it happened. Right. Well, and sometimes we do keep things close to our chest because we are protecting them and ourselves. But again, yeah. when we do take the risk, there usually is a reward. There usually yeah. is something we get back. And as you were talking, you know, when you said you made that decision, you weren't going to tell, I was thinking of how many times do we as bereaved people or I hear from bereaved people, well, you can come over, but I'm a mess or um, I won't be any fun, but I guess I can, you know, so we like, um, we set this tone, like nothing good can come because of the state that I'm in. Yeah. I I hope that's making sense. Like I'm trying to think of. No, I think it is making sense. I mean, I didn't want these people to know that I was a bereaved mom, honestly. Right. I just wanted to play the silly mahjong game. Yeah. And just not be a bereaved mom for a little bit. Yep. And just allow yourself. So, you know, and, and it's so funny how many times people say, well, I, I'm glad you came over today, even though I didn't have my makeup on, or even though I wasn't ready, or even though I wasn't any fun, or, you know, because they, they try to put off those things because they aren't feeling, you know, at the top of their game or their best. And it's just interesting how there's so many blessings when we just show up who we are. And I think that's what that part of that Oprah's definition of just who we really are. And just to say, this is me. Well, if anybody wants to post in comments right now who is listening on any time that they were blessed or not blessed by being mm-hmm. open and vulnerable, it'd be a great time to do that. Um, the other thing I just want to say is that I have now over the last four years since doing the podcast, when <laughs> it seems odd, but when I've been going on vacation, I've said this before, that I go on vacation 
And I end up meeting with bereaved parents. I meet with mm-hmm. the bereaved parents who have been on my show or like, this is just something that I do. And every time it's been an amazing blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have gone to see, I mean, Chrissy's the one, the first one, and then another woman in the support group. And then I've seen different people in different places. And next in two weeks, I'm going to Toronto. And I have been to Toronto one time. Eric went to a conference, medical conference, shortly after Peter was born. And I, I went with him for a couple of days. But I'm turning 50, big 50th birthday. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, let's go to Toronto. So what am I doing in Toronto? But I'm meeting my friend Demetra for the first time. And I'm so excited about that. I mean, because overall, I feel like we've been open and vulnerable to each other in this kind of weird way, just via Facebook Messenger. You know, I'm having a rough mm-hmm. day. She's having a rough day. We reach out to each other. So I'm excited to open up and give her a hug um, in person, really, and to be able to see her in person. And fortunately, I I think it's the day after the anniversary of her daughter's death that I'm going to be there. And so I get to, even though it's not quite on the day, I feel blessed that I'll be able to sort of be a part of that with her because she's going to be just yeah. still recovering from the the hardness of that. And again, I just, and I, I'm going to go to Sick Kids Children's Hospital in Toronto, which I was telling you before we started recording, I think of all the hospitals across the world, I probably have the most parents whose kids were treated mm-hmm. at sick kids in Toronto than anywhere else, just because, um, you know, there are lots of hospitals across the country and there, I can, you know, there are some that have like two kids in it or whatever, but in Canada, a lot of kids from Ontario end up at sick kids because it's just a huge, huge hospital and their bereavement mm-hmm. director tends to tell people about the podcast. So I'm excited to be able to just see that space too, knowing how many kids, how many families that I've worked with have been in that space and mm-hmm. who that means a lot to them. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm, I'm, it's, I know people probably some non-brief think, people think that that's weird. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I end up doing on my vacation. But it was no. Eric that said, I think we should go to sick kids. I think we should go to sick kids. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we should go to sit kids. Yeah. But again, in those blessings that you get, I mean, and and if you've ever, like, I was trying to think of an example for other people, like sometimes who wants to go to a funeral? Like, oh, my neighbor died or, you know, my friend's yeah. grandfather. And you, you don't really want to go, but you want to go for your friend. And when you go, you usually get something back too, right? And you're going to just get things back that you just can't even, I'm sure you're going to come back with stories and it's, yeah, it's, and life isn't all fun. And no. and that's not where we connect with people is on the fun stuff. You know, it's interesting because I did hospice care for years. And when I'd go to talk to people um, who had a lot of maybe partying friends or friends from the bar, they'd say, well, I don't know where they are now. Well, they're still yeah. out at the bar having fun. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're not stopping their fun. But when we can be with people in pain and share that pain, there's something, you know, different there. Um, yeah, Anne just wrote in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne wrote, more often than not, I've been blessed. More often than not, I have been blessed by being vulnerable. There have been just a handful of times that I felt I shared too much and that the person I was sharing with glossed over what I said and changed the subject. However... I want to keep being real, maybe even to the point, to that point. And depending on how close I am to the person, ask them why they changed the subject. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asking out of curiosity, not judgment, and hopefully bringing us closer. I think that's yeah. great. If you can mm-hmm. feel comfortable to do that, that's wonderful. Yeah. And, and, you know, her and I were the ones talking today about, you know, what, what will you get? She said, wounded or blessed, you know, sometimes, you know, if you ever like said to someone, you've maybe complained about 
I don't know, I'm just pulling something out. You know, they change the carpet at church and you go, oh, do you say to someone, well, is it just me or is that color really ugly? And everyone goes, no, I think I like it. And you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> then it's just me. Like sometimes we take the risk and share our feelings and it's just us. But <laughs> um, no, I actually picked out the carpet. Thanks, Gwen. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love what Anne says too, is that learning. And I think the other person that I mentioned today about going to the wedding, um, just learning too about others and realizing that they don't understand or know and that she said her words were they don't know what they're doing. So she was choosing not to be hurt by them. And what Anne's choosing to do by asking is just say, you know, what, what about this makes you uncomfortable when I tell you who I really am? Right. Yeah. Right. And that that takes a lot of bravery to do that too, but I think it's so good because it uh -huh. does hopefully give a learning moment and they might not even think about it, about the fact oh. that they did that. Right. Oh, for sure. And, and I think too, oftentimes what you might get for an answer is that like, oh, well, I thought you probably didn't really want to talk about that and that would make things worse for you. So I changed the subject. So sometimes I think they do it to protect because they think they're protecting us. Right. Because they think right. we don't want to go there. Yeah. But, and it turns out that's not the thing at all. It's when they change the subject, it makes us feel like we've been ignored. Like our, yes. our feelings have not yeah. been recognized. Right. But I also was thinking, you know, Troy's comment up above, he said, my son had passed away. And then his girlfriend, 19 days later, sometimes when we have that kind of trauma, it other people do get frightened by it. Like, oh, yes. We have to be very particular who we talk to because people, that's scary. Like if that, you know, can happen to you and you have both of those devastating yep. things happen. Yeah. Um, like it's, so catchy. there are times that people, yeah, mm -hmm, people will shy away from us. And, you know, I'm glad he's found support and has his family and things that he can count on. Um, but it, it's, it's hard sometimes to um, share our stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think there's so much the the risk is is worth the reward and that we are yeah. often, you know, um, uh, met with kind, caring people. Sometimes we're met by a surprise of someone that we didn't know had a similar story or it opens mm -hmm. up to someone else knowing and saying, oh, that happened to me, too. And then all of a sudden you're not all alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how I have been blessed oftentimes when I'm just brave enough to say a couple of words mm -hmm. that all of a sudden then they open up and they mm -hmm. let me know about other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So I think besides the blessings and the risk that we um, gain support, we gain mm -hmm. um, that uh, kind of a break in our loneliness when we realize that other people are there and want to help us. Um, and then just connections. I think when everything that we talked about today is when two souls connect, right? When when you're vulnerable and share. If Anne hadn't turned to me and said, so what are you here for? And then when yeah. she shared her, you know, son Josh dying with me, we had a connection in that moment. I, you know, that that we met right in that spot of, I, I just, it's just so special when you meet people like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think back to when Andy died and we go to this funeral home, you know, we heard that this funeral mm -hmm. home did a good job with kids because some of the kids that had died in my practice had gone to that funeral home. So that's where we show up and I get this funeral director who hands me this huge packet of all these pamphlets and all this information. And then he pulls out one, flips it to the back and circles your name and phone number. Mm -hmm. Starlight Ministries, call Gwen. Circled the number and wrote, call Gwen. Because I don't know if your name was even on it as Probably program not. director of Starlight mm -hmm. at the time. I'm not sure if it was there. But he told me your name and to call you. Mm -hmm. And that, honestly, that took a lot of bravery. Oh, to call you. I oh. remember the conversation like it was yesterday. I remember mm -hmm. where I was sitting in my house. I remember holding the phone for the longest time thinking, am I really going to call this random woman? Mm -hmm. And I did. And 
look at where it has yeah. led us today. I mean, yeah. I can't even imagine where I would be today had I not opened myself to make that phone call. Right. And, you know, within a few days, Eric and I were on our way out to meet you. Mm-hmm. And we sat and meet you, met you. And, you know, I cried all over the place and snot everywhere and holding Andy's, Andy's um, teddy bear. Yep. And you told us about a support mm-hmm. group. And yeah. two weeks after meeting you, I was at the first support group. Again, scareder than, I mean, so mm-hmm. scared, so yeah. terrifying to go to this place. And the whole time I was there that first week, I was thinking to myself, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. Mm -hmm. Just run because I didn't want to open myself up to these people. And Mm -hmm. I kept thinking in my mind, you are not one of these people. You are not one of these people. When of course I was one of those people. Yeah. I was exactly one of those people. Right. And, and some of those people are my dearest friends today. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Stephanie, I talk about Stephanie all the right. time, a current program director at Starlight right. since you started right. on your own at a grief guide. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just can't even tell you how blessed I ended up being, even though it was terrifying at but the time. Here's the part about that. You did the hard work, but you made the call and you did that. And I love the fact that the the funeral director is the connector. So I I wish more people were connectors like that to connect someone when they hear someone's story and connect them to people. I love connectors. But the fact that you took that risk and just said, well, I'll I'll try it. Um, Oh, it's just so amazing. And I never like I, 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 every meeting to me has a purpose. And when I used to lead support groups or early on in my career and maybe only two people came or one people came, I'd say, well, I don't know where everybody is, but we'll just go ahead and get started. And I stopped doing that because I realized that the only people that were supposed to be there at that moment in time with uh, the two, if it's two of us or three of us or four of us, that's who's supposed to be there. So I said, I'm so right. glad everyone's here because that's who's meant to be there. And um, when you make those connections with people, it's meant for that moment in time. But there is, you, you have to take that risk. So there's a lot you of take people the risk. who intend to go to support groups. They intend to make the phone call. They intend to reach out. They intend to do things. But it's that big, giant step of actually mm-hmm. doing it. And that's what we're talking well, about. Well, they say, I'm not ready yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready yet. You know what? You're probably never going to feel ready. Right. Just That's I just to talked to my job. daughter today when she said, how do you know if you have enough money to get married? How do you know when you have enough money to start a family? I said, if you wait till you have enough money, you're never going to do any of those things. <laughs> you just have to do it. Yeah. So sometimes you just do it. Sometimes yeah. you just do it. Oh, we've wow. got something to remind um, ourselves of how in our darkest times God's working is working to bring us care. And yes, take this step out is part of it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, oh, I also flies. wanted to, I know time flies because we're really need to mm-hmm. be wrapping things up. And the other thing I wanted to do today as I've been telling myself that I want to thank people when they have donated to always Andy's mom. So mm-hmm. I want to thank Michelle for donating in memory of her son Sawyer. Um, because that means a lot. It really does mean a lot when you do your, your donations and you can do that through givebutter.com is an easy way to do it. And she also said that I should mention this because I'm terrible at asking for money and I never mention how much things cost. But she said, you should tell them. So I told her that our, each episode cost me about $100 to put out with the editor and the social media and all of that stuff. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. little more, although the ones I do with you are a little less. So it ends up equaling out to about $100 a week. Um, because I don't think people realize that. And it's something mm-hmm. that usually I just kind of, we just kind of pay it. And But if we can get donations to help with the cost of that, then it might be, I might be able to do some other things, which I would love to be able to do Mm. some other things and be able to minister to people in another way other than the podcast. But right now, just because of finances, we just, you know, have to only do the podcast. So anyway, thank you to Michelle. And for honoring Sawyer in this way. And I appreciate any donations that I get because it really yeah. does me a lot and makes me know that we're Wonderful. appreciated a little bit. And I don't, I know you don't do this for the praise or anything. And you don't know that I was going to say this, but just 
how many lives that you've touched because you don't, you're not there saying, well, I can't go on the air because I don't have the money or people aren't donating or what does this matter? Mm -hmm. You continue both you and Eric to give of your time and energy and your resources and the people who haven't even risked to tell you, like you, you, we know the ones who have commented or who email you and you're not doing this for that. I know that, but there's so yeah. many people who listen and this just helps them with their week and their time and they just get validated. And um, I just know someday there was that Christian song years ago that when we get to heaven, they're going to say, you know, I was one whose life was changed because of you. And, there's well, and, be it, and it blows me away. I love getting emails from listeners, but it, it actually is pretty cool when I get an email from a lister and they say, I've been listening for eight months or I've been listening for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I've listened to every single episode you've done mm -hmm. and I've never heard from them before. Cause I, you know, I don't know. And, right, and right. that is it really just neat. I, mm -hmm. I think. Um, well, and I think what makes you so you. relatable is, is, uh, you know, I, we talked about your generosity, but the relatability and the connectedness with people is that you do share your heart that you're not out there. This is, you don't act for anybody. Um, well, it's funny because I just talked to a, a woman and she said, <laughs> we go on and she said, Oh, I just love listening to podcasts because they give hope. And then she started talking about like, Oh, I started listening to those other ones. And they just tell, say, everything's okay. You're all okay. And they mm -hmm. quote Bible verses and they do all this and everything's fine and you're all fine. And then, and then you get on and you say, this just is terrible. This is awful. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. I thought, I'm glad that in the same breath that you said that I said, this is awful that you could say I give hope. Cause that is the, I mean, yeah. I really do want to give hope, but you've got to be real with people too. Yeah. So. But the, the whole part is, is that I'm not going crazy because you were vulnerable and risked what you were, you know, shared what you were feeling. And that just helped validate me in my vulnerability. Right. And I mean, right. if, you know, and, and we just talked about, I'm not trying to um, sprinkle Jesus on this or like, you know, yeah. that was the word to use like, Oh, but really the fact that um, it was, if we are obedient, it brings discomfort. And he was being obedient to the cross, but he even said, you know, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, take this from me. And none of us um, have asked for this, but um, yeah, I think just keep risking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody just keep yeah. risking. Just keep risking because it can really bring, bring blessing. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Okay to people who commented in and thank you, Gwen. Oh, thank and you. we better mention the next one. So again, yes. the next one's going to be Tuesday, November 21st at 7.30. And I don't know, do we want to give a couple of those prompts? Oh, you right can. Now or just yeah. kind of, yeah, and otherwise, just, how else are people going to get them? Are we going to? They will. I'm going to put them out in an email. Okay, great. Um, For sure. And, and can people add their email at here some point in don't? time later? And then I'm going to bring up, bring them up the couple weeks before I'll bring up some okay. of these. All right. So, uh, the, here's a few of them that were some options. The first thing that comes to my mind at Thanksgiving is, um, and then something at the top of your thanks list. This one I really like. What specific part of the Thanksgiving season are you dreading? I thought that was a really good one. And this is another one too. I am thankful when others. So what do other people do that can be helpful to you? Uh -huh. um, a memory causing you to give thanks. Uh, the support I find makes me thankful. Those are all things. So watch for those. I will put those on the website. I'll put those on Facebook, probably on Instagram. In fact, I may put them on Instagram and hope that people respond right on Instagram because then we could discuss those. That'd be awesome. Even on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So listen for that. Know that that's coming. Okay. Tune in, bring your comments to the podcast as well, but we'll try to get a bunch of them ahead of time. So thank you. Sounds thank great. you. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful or would like to support the podcast, 
please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's Mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thrive in Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at andysmom.com. Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.